If you have your Bibles, we're going to cheat. I think y'all are thinking we're going back to the Sermon on the Mount, but we're not. And now I can see the disappointment in so many people's eyes. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Um, this has been a tough year, uh, and 2021, as one person put it, uh, uh, 2020 turned 21 and it feels like it started drinking. Um, it's been a tough year. It's starting off tough. I want to give you some tools that are going to help you navigate this year. Uh, and I, I love Paul. Um, what he had to say can really make a big difference in our life and how we focus on the upcoming year. Um, I'll tell a story that I'm sure I've told before, but it's one of my favorites and makes me think. Uh, there were two buddies. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. And the uh, uh, pessimist could find the negative in everything that was going on. The optimist uh, could find the good. Uh, but they were buddies and they loved, to, they loved to hunt together and loved to duck hunt, as a matter of fact. So at the end of duck season, uh, the optimist went out and bought himself a dog, and he worked with that dog for the entire off-season. I mean, he spent time working with that dog, working with that dog, and he didn't tell his pessimist friend about the dog, uh, but he brought the dog with him on the opening day of duck season. They were sitting in the blind, birds flew over, they shot, duck dropped into the water. And the optimist looks at his pessimistic friend and says, watch my dog. The dog leaps out of the blind, runs across the top of the water, picks up the duck, runs back and lays it at his master's feet. And he said, what do you think of my dog? And the pessimist said, he can't swim, can he? You know, we can find the positive, we can find the negative. Uh, Paul gives us some real, real tools that's going to help us if we will apply these to our lives. I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is going to be a great year. Last year was a great year. Was it tough? Yeah. But I mean, if you stop and think about it, there were blessings manifesting throughout the year if you take the time to look. Uh, our problem is, is that we tend to look at the things that made us fearful. Our tendency is to focus on the things that caused us to struggle. Um, but we know that all those things can be used to improve our relationship with our Father. In, in Philippians chapter four, starting in verse four, Paul writes these words. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I will say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Change our minds. Change the way we think, the way we focus. Lord, too often we go through life and we let the world's fears overcome our confidence in you. 
But your love is a firm foundation. And Lord, that love is reckless. It's powerful. And it is always at work. Father, help us to celebrate your love in all that we do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul says rejoice. Now, I want you to understand something. Paul was not in a place that most of us would think of rejoicing. Paul, as a matter of fact, was under house arrest. He was headed to Rome, getting ready to argue his case, hopefully before Caesar. Takes a while to get there. Uh, Paul is limited in the people he can speak. He's, he can see or he can speak to. Um, he was not in a situation that was ideal for what we imagine Paul's life to be. Paul was a preacher, loved to preach. Every chance he had, he preached. And here he is stuck where his ability to speak to people is very, very, very limited. Um, He was not in an ideal situation. And understand that the Caesars were not um, warm, welcoming, and gracious to Christians, even at this time. Uh, It wasn't a situation where, from a human perspective, he should have a whole lot to rejoice about. But here's the thing. He said, rejoice. I'll say it again, rejoice. What does it mean to rejoice? Now, y'all get to participate. Since we are few, y'all get to participate. Happy no matter what. Good. What does it mean to rejoice? Give thanks. Yes. Anything else? Anybody else? Celebrate. I love that way to translate it. It's to celebrate. Have we got anything to celebrate? Your life? What else? Huh? Health? What else? Our Savior, God's grace, what else? Family, what else? It's funny, where our mind is determines where we go. Have you noticed that? Um, If your mind is in a negative spot, I learned this a long time ago. Um, Anybody learned to ride a bike when they were a kid? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people learned how to ride a bike. Did you discover if you turned your head to, your, to the right, what direction would you go? To the right. If you turned your head to the left, where'd you go? And what happened if you turned around and looked over your shoulder? You ran into a tree, right? Yes, yes, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm, glad I'm not the only one. Where our head is, is where we go. And if our focus is on the negative, because there's a lot in this world to be focused on, isn't it? There's a whole lot of negative in this world. 
We, we can look, uh, depending on your background, your viewpoint, you can look at the political situations. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Or you can listen to the news and, and hear all the bad stuff that's happening. I'll be honest with you, folks. Uh, my mom called me yesterday and she said, did you watch Lou Dobbs? And I said, no. And she was about to go on and talk about the political situation. I said, Mom, my, can, my confidence, my faith is not in the government. If your faith is in the government, does that put you in a good place? If your faith is in your finances, does that put you in a good place? If your faith is in God, where does that put you? That puts you in a great place, doesn't it? We started off the song, there was someone else in the fire with me. And that's a reference to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, some of you feel like you're in the fire. But you know what's amazing? If you realize, read that story in the book of Daniel, when they came out of the fire... There wasn't even a smell of smoke. Isn't that awesome? I mean, they didn't, have, they didn't even have any crispy hairs on their head. Their bonds were broken, but they didn't even smell like smoke. Where we put our mind determines where we go. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Ask yourself as you go through the day, where is your mind focused? Where is your mind focused? If your mind is focused on your situation and circumstance for that moment, your mind can go to a dark place, can it? It doesn't take much. But we can find always, 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 we can find a way to celebrate God no matter what is going on. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all the things of everyday life will be taken care of. And when we talk about seeking his kingdom, that means look for God in the world around you. Look for his kingdom in the world around you as you go through life. If you're looking for gold, what are you going to find, hopefully? Gold. If you're looking for miracles, guess what? You're going to see miracles. But we have a tendency to close our eyes and we look at our situation. And when we look at our situation, we don't focus on celebrating God, do we? Because sometimes our situation can be bad. But think on every part of your life's journey. When your situation is bad, have you not seen God come through? Has God been unfaithful to anybody here? He's always been faithful. You may not see it in that moment, but I can look at my life's journey of 53 years and I can honestly say God has never, ever, ever failed me. He's never abandoned me. He's never forsook me. He has always been faithful. And I can focus on God's blessing at all times. And when I focus on celebrating God, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Zig Ziglar has a, has a phrase, 
Attitude determines altitude. There's a lot of times in my life where I could crawl under a snake's belly. Is that where I want to be? But if my focus is on celebrating God, what's going to happen? Am I going to stay low? No. If I'm looking up, I'm focused on God, aren't I? If I'm looking for God in the situation, where my focus is is the, going to determine the direction of my life. And that's true for all of us. So he says, you can celebrate God no matter what's happening. Paul, for him, he's saying, celebrate God. I can always celebrate God. He'd been in prison. He'd been beaten. He'd been abused. He had people that hated his guts. But he was able to celebrate God no matter what was going on. Wow. Whatever is happening in your life, there is something you can celebrate. You can celebrate God's hand at work. Our problem is, is that we tend to focus on our situation rather than focusing on our Father. So celebrate God. Find something good that's happening in your life. And maybe it's not happening in your life, but you can celebrate somebody else's, can't you? You can find something to celebrate God on. And then he says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I, I want to talk about this word in the King James is translated moderation. Uh, revised standard, uh, it's translated forbearance. What I want to call it is a forgiving attitude. What is, what's one of the things that can get you from celebrating to operating less than a celebratory manner? What can put you in a bad mood? People, right? I just want to make sure you're awake. What have you discovered? It doesn't take much for somebody else to put you in a bad spot. Am I the only one? All right, let's, let, let's be honest. You ever gotten up in the morning and gotten ready? You've had your quiet time. You've, you've read and you're in a good mood. You're headed in a good direction and you're on your way to work and you know God's going to use you to transform the world. You're pumped. You're ready to go and somebody pulls out in front of you. Well, good, good, good. I, I, I just want to make sure you're right there. I, I want to make sure you're all there. And they were probably headed to a different church, weren't they? <laughs> I, want, I want you to understand that, that, that it is people that have an impact on our life. Uh, nothing impacts our life like our relationships, does it? Uh, as a parent, what is the most painful thing as a parent? Is it when you hurt? When your child suffers. Yeah. A forgiving attitude. And a forgiving attitude. Uh, it, the Revised Standard translated forbearance. 
Anybody ever needed a forbearance? Sure. Forbearance, it's, a, it's an attitude of forgiveness. Uh, Peterson translated, let people know you are on their side. As human beings, we go through life thinking that we wrestle with people, don't we? Again, we talked about it last week. If I can just get them to think like I do, the world's going to be a better place, right? A forgiving attitude. As we go through life, have a forgiving attitude towards the people in your life. Because forgiveness is not for them. You know who forgiveness is for? It's for you. It's allowing that person to be who they are and no longer allowing them to control your attitude as you go through life. When I hold on to unforgiveness, that person that pulled out in front of you this morning, what do you think they were thinking? Huh? They weren't thinking. And maybe you honked your horn and the tire squealed. And if you were lucky, you got a, a wave in the rear view mirror. If you were lucky. Of course, it maybe, I, mean, I don't know how fast you were going this morning. You might not have gotten a wave, right? But that one event could have determined the attitude that had carried throughout the whole day. But if you hold on to forgiveness, if you allow your life to have a forgiving attitude, you know what? You can let it roll off your back like water off a duck's back. It doesn't stop the grace of God in your life in that moment. Forgiveness is a powerful tool that Jesus gave to us. He talked about forgiveness throughout Scripture. As a matter of fact, in the Lord's Prayer, when he concludes it in Matthew, he says, if you don't forgive others, what happens? God, God doesn't forgive you. I know everybody, everybody wonders about the, uh, the, the unforgivable sin. Well, sounds like Jesus just pointed it out, didn't he? And think about what unforgiveness does to you. Unforgiveness makes you feel good, don't it? No. It chews you up and spits you out. It keeps you in that place where that person keeps pulling out in front of you. Have you thought about it? It's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a, a stew. You hold on to it and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going, except it doesn't taste better. It tastes what? Worse. Unforgiveness. He's saying, have a forgiving attitude. Celebrate God. Have a forgiving attitude. Because here's the thing, any of y'all ever gotten in an argument with your spouse or with your brother or your sister or your mama or your daddy and tried to pray? You ever tried to pray when, you don't, when you're holding on to unforgiveness? Does it work? No, it doesn't. If I want to hold a grudge against my wife, I can't talk to God. But if I start praying, what happens? See, the thing is, is that forgiveness is not for the other. Forgiveness is for us. 
Having that forgiving attitude. And why are we going to have that forgiving attitude? He says, because the Lord is where? At hand. How many of you in here need forgiveness? That's everybody. If you don't, you're in trouble. We all need forgiveness. When we hold on to unforgiveness, it puts us in a bad place. Jesus told the story of the man who had, had stolen. He'd stolen from his Lord, his master. And he'd stolen more money than he could ever repay back. And his master forgave him. Forgave him. Let him go. And what does he do when he gets outside after his master's forgiven him? He finds a guy that owes him a hundred bucks, grabs him by the shirt collar and says, you better pay me right now. Now what happened to that guy? The servants of the master saw it, reported to the master and said, I forgave you everything. And what'd you do? And he casts him out into where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth, darkness. Here's the thing. For unforgiveness will make you wail. Unforgiveness will make you gnash your teeth. And that includes unforgiveness, not just for others, but for yourself. Did you know that? I found that in my journey, I find it's easier to forgive everybody else. Sometimes I have a hard time forgiving myself. And I go through life looking at my failures rather than my father. Because God is at hand. Have you been forgiven? Have you been forgiven much? Truth is, is all of us have. I don't care how good you think you are. Let me tell you, you've been forgiven much. So much. So don't hold on to the failures of others. Because when we hold on to the failures of others, we're no longer able to see them for who they are. Are you more than your failures? Yeah, so much more. Forgive others. Forgive others because you have been forgiven. Celebrate God, focus on him around you, have a forgiving attitude because you know God is present. He's right at hand. And then he says this, be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Is anybody anxious? Of course, now you're, you're calm. It's so funny. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I preached for many, many years, and I watched people fall asleep in church. I'm not saying I'm boring, okay? That's not what I'm saying. You know why people fall asleep in church? They're comfortable. They figure if God comes back, at least I'm in a safe place. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. What a powerful thing. What does anxiety do to us? Anxiety is a whole lot like unforgiveness. What is anxiety? What is worry? 
fear. Uh, I think it was Samuel Clements or Mark Twain that said, worry is the waste of a good imagination. When you worry, where do you go? A dark place. Because what are you focused on? Have you ever noticed you never worry up? You never worry up. You never worry that the bank's going to make a mistake and put a half a million dollars in your account. But what do you worry about? Is my car going to break down? Is the water heater going to go out? Is the economy going to collapse? See, that's where worry takes us, doesn't it? And the sad thing is, is when we stay or when we focus on worry, where are we abiding? Where are we hanging out? We're hanging out in that place, aren't we? It's just be anxious for nothing. Don't be afraid. 366 times in the scripture, it says this. Fear not. Don't be afraid. You think God's trying to tell us something? And it's an imperative. It's a command. But what do we do as human beings? I'm guilty of this. You ever had things going good and you're going, well, when's the shoe going to drop? Or you're saying there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but sometimes at the end of the tunnel, it's a train. (laughs) See, worry puts us in a bad spot. But rather than worrying, rather than focusing our minds on what may or may not happen, what should we do? Huh? Look up. Prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in all the stuff that's going on in the world around us, in everything, through prayer. Now, what is prayer? Let's not make it into something that it's not. Talking to daddy, I love that. Because that's what it is. People say, I don't know how to pray. Can I tell you, one of the best ways to pray, you going through a hard time, pull out a chair, an empty chair, and stick it right there in front of you. And open your heart and realize that God is sitting there giving you an audience. Wow. I, I know for me, um, one of the great joys in my life is, is when my kids come to me, now they're older, now they're older, and they're beginning to come around. You know, you know when, when they're adolescents, you are the dumbest thing on the face of the earth. And when they, and when they get older, they wonder where your education came from. Man, you got so much smarter after they got out of adolescence, right? One of my great joys is when my kids call me and say, hey, Dad, would you give me some advice? Hey, Dad, I, I, I'm doing this. What do you think? 
man, I don't know what I think other than the fact that, wow, they're talking to me. You know, a lot of people go through their Christian life as adolescents. They never grow up. They think they can tell God what he needs to do to fix their problem. And how well does that work? It doesn't, does it? I mean, it took me years to realize God doesn't need my advice. <laughs> He's not looking for me for answers. I don't want his job anymore. And I think that's one of the times when I realized maybe I am growing up just a little bit. I don't want his job. Through prayer and supplication. Prayer is communion with God. It's enjoying and celebrating his presence in our moments. And supplication is asking. Nothing wrong with asking. I can't ask God for that. Yeah, you can. You can ask him for anything. He might tell you no. But I can tell you this, if he tells you no, it's for your best. It's for your blessing. Anybody ever ask God for something and him tell you no? Good. And when you look back, are you thankful he told you no? I am. Lord have mercy. There's no telling where I'd be if I had, if I had gotten all the women I had prayed for to marry. <laughs> and the final thing, be thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude. I'm going to conclude with this story and I've shared with you before, but this is one of the most profound stories I've ever read. Corey Tim Boom was in a concentration camp in Germany. Her sister Bessie had read in Philippians, be thankful at all times. Be thankful for all things. Be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. Corey Tim Boom looked at Bessie and she said, how am I supposed to be thankful for these fleas and for the lice? Bessie said, I don't know. But God said, be thankful. After the war was over, she ran into some of the guards that guarded her there in the barracks in the concentration camp. And she said, why did y'all never ever come into the barracks of the concentration camp? He said, the lice and the fleas. The lice and the fleas gave them the freedom to pray for one another, to minister to one another without anybody interfering. We can be thankful. And I know times are tough, but where's your mind? Are you looking to celebrate God? Are you having a forgiving attitude? Are you stuck in worry? If you're stuck in worry, pray. Talk to your daddy. Let him know. 
Share that time with him and be thankful because whatever answer he gives you is the answer that your daddy wants you to have. This is going to be a great year. And there's going to be amazing things. And as you go out these doors, celebrate God because he's showing up all the time. Take the time every day to celebrate him because he is so good. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we celebrate you today because you are worthy of more celebration than we could ever bring. And Father, it's in our very DNA to celebrate something. Oh, Lord, forgive us. We celebrate football or basketball or sports or fashion or so many stupid things. Father, help us to celebrate you. Open our eyes, remove the scales from our eyes so we can see you at work even when things are hard. Help us to have a forgiving attitude. And Father, may we come to you and seek you and know you better and be thankful for your answers. When you're yes, and when they're no. For it's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Thanks for watching. We would love for you to connect with us online. On our website, you will find up to date information about everything happening around here. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please download our free app on your smartphone or tablet. We are so glad you're here today. We hope you feel at home, and we hope you enjoy your friendship experience.